listening to the we're talking football podcast coming to you from a shared universe podcast studio i'm weston with me to my left is my right hand man lou lou i know we talk about this every show but i think the the song choice is super relevant this evening as we get closer to the all of the lights moment and night for some of these future nfl prospects and and stars and most likely some of those future NFL busts where the lights turned up may be way too much for them to handle. That's right, man. I got a lot of a lot of these players are gonna have the you know the limelight. Will they succeed, you know, with the pressure, you know, being drafted early in the first round or what have you? We'll see what happens. But uh it's gonna if we're a week away and I can't be more excited, especially for our show today. Yeah, absolutely. Can't agree with you more, Lou. Extra special show for us this evening. Actually a little nervous. This is our first time hosting some some guests. Feeling really good about it, but I think it's opportune time to go ahead and give our guests, you know, their the proper and appropriate introduction. So first, joining us via Zoom, uh, the LA Charger beat writer for SB Nation, Michael Peterson. Michael, appreciate your time so much, man. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Excellent. Michael, like we talked about, really looking forward to hearing your input related to some draft selections and the ownership around the, the Chargers draft this evening. So look forward to some banter there from, from my colleague for sure. Also with us is Tony from Nothing But Niners. Uh, Tony, honestly, you've been a tremendous sounding board for myself and any ideas and the creative content that we've been going through here at We're Talking Football. Um, so I can't thank you enough and also really appreciate you joining, joining us this evening. You don't have to thank me at all. Just thank me. I want to thank you for having me on. Um, I've watched some of your shows. You guys are doing a great job. I love it. And I'm glad to be here. With you awesome. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. Tony, thank you so much. Michael, oh, thank you so much. Uh, We'll see how you feel about us at the end of this one as we're going <laughs> through it. But Lou, do us a quick favor because time is always of the yes. essence. Give us a breakdown on how things will transpire over the next 40 to 45 minutes. All right. So basically what we're doing today, we're each each of us are going to be assigned a team. We're going to be the general manager of that team. For example, I will be the Giants. Michael will be the Chargers. Tony will be the Niners. Uh, Weston will also will be the Dolphins. So we're the general managers of those teams. Basically what we're doing from there then is the all the, the three of us will be the that are not on the clock for the mock draft will be their scouts. So we will give chime in with our opinions and what have you. We're doing a seven round mock draft for each of those teams, talking it through. Uh, the scouts can give their opinions, thoughts, feedbacks on the players that are on the board. But ultimately, it comes up to the general manager what pick they want to make. This is not, by the way, what um, 
we think our general managers will do. This is what how we would improve these teams. So that's a uh, that's an important uh, thing to uh, keep in mind there. Awesome. Lou, love it. Gentlemen, if you're feeling willing and able, let's go ahead and, and get into it. First for us here as well, Lou, I have the honors of actually kicking us off. It's yeah. usually you, so I'm actually pretty excited about this. I'm going to begin with the Miami Dolphins. Again, seven-round pick. As I'm getting ready for this, I think the first thing that I do want to call out is Dolphins have eight total picks. They got five in the top 90 of the draft. So a ton of ability to move up and down the board, um, things of that nature. My personal opinion is I think the Dolphins did themselves a disservice by sliding out of three. I know on paper it looks really, really sexy. They got all this extra draft capital. But, Lou, I am well documented on this show about how I feel that Tua is not the answer for them. And I think they were in a position here to go ahead and get themselves another quarterback. I I know that's not the sexy and popular belief, but it's mine. But let's just assume that Tua is their answer moving forward, and that's the mentality that I'm going to draft with. So if I'm going first um, here, they have the the sixth overall pick. I'm, I'm not entertaining moving out of that by any means. I think if Tua is my guy, I need to actually make sure that I'm in a position to get him some weapons here. So based on what's on the board right now and, who, and what's transpired before me, looking at this, I know Kyle Pitts is probably like the really sexy option here, but you know how I feel about a very certain individual. And I don't think they have a wide receiver on the roster that is a true answer uh, for what they need to surround Tua with. So my pick here um, at number six overall, who's, and call me crazy, my number one player on the board, it's Jamar Chase. Any any disputes there, gentlemen? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think you can go wrong with Chase. Uh, I love I love Jamar Chase. They don't really have an uh, – look at all the options they have. They have Fuller. That guy always gets hurt, always blows the hamstring. You know, I know he play, he's only on a one-year deal. Devontae Parker can't stay healthy. Uh, I get the whole Pitts, you know, unicorn aspect, but they have Gusecki. I really do think they need a true alpha dog at that boundary wide receiver. So, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good pick. Michael, you regret enjoying us yet? <laughs> No, not at all. Um, I, you know, I think getting whomever the quarterback may be, obviously you, you said you didn't think Tua was, uh, you know, the, the guy for them there. You know, I think it might be a little early to, uh, to make, you know, such a drastic comment like that. Um, <laughs> Cause obviously this was a guy we all would have killed for over Justin Herbert. And obviously how, how things, you know, how the turntables as Michael Scott would say from the office. I mean, all of a sudden uh, we're talking about this guy who was what fifth overall may not even be, the future after playing less than a full season. So if he's going to be the quarterback though, guy like Pitts, guy like Chase, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those options. All right. Well, good news is I own the pick and I'm making it and it's going to be Jamar Chase in this particular instance. So we'll slide, we'll slide on up. Um, Number 18 overall. So I'm rejecting trade offers again. I'm looking at an opportunity to put as many weapons as I, I can around Tua, if we're in agreement that that is going to be the the answer, even if it is short term, I believe it's short term. I look at their running back stable. I don't know how in love with it I am. I think I see an opportunity here looking at the board at 18 overall. If this gentleman's sitting there, not Najee Harris, he's he's going to be donning the, the Dolphins colors and he's coming to South Beach. So that's the pick that I would make here, 18 overall. I'm going to say no. Well, good news is, is that I'm the one making the pick, but I'm I want not, to hear why. I'm not a big fan of drafting running. I know you hear that all the time. It's a cliche. You don't draft running backs in the first round. You get way more uh, you know, value in the later rounds, and I'm a firm believer of that. I just feel like 
There's other, I like getting premium positions, your pass rushers. I know there may be seldom because it's not a big uh, year for defensive wise this year. So I would like pass rushers, offensive linemen. Uh, those would be the people I would be looking for if, with that 18th pick. Tony, you got any qualms? I agree with what he's saying, but I know where you're coming from to help take the pressure off of uh, Tua. Uh, it makes sense. You added a, a weapon in uh, Chase, and now you're adding a running back to take the pressure off him. So, but if Phillips is on that board, I love Phillips, the defensive end for Miami. He does have concussion history, um, but he he's a great rusher. I'm, I don't know if Quiddy Pay is still on the board. So Quiddy Pay is still on the board. That's fair. I think the only one who can actually see the board right now is is Michael. So he's at an added advantage here as <laughs> to knowing how crazy I might be. Um, I agree. But I look at Miami and I say defense has the strength. Where do I need to get immediately better? And I'm thinking offense. And again, how do I make my quarterback better? Weapons. You know, I'm, there's a couple sexy pass rushers on the board. There's the kid from Georgia. It's Quiddy Pay still mm -hmm. on the board. Phillips is still on the board. But I also know I pick I pick at 36 as well. And the chances are that mm -hmm. somebody might be there. Michael, you got any disagreement there? Or are we? So I I would probably maybe err on the side of defense as well. Like Ayers is a great pick. I think at, at that point, I think you're just fine taking him, but this is a team that did just find uh, miles Gaskin, who I became a fan of because he helped my fantasy team a little bit this all past right. year. Um, but you look at, you know, look at the chargers who found Austin Eckler and all of a sudden filled an important position on offense with a guy that they got very cheaply. And when they signed him to a second contract, very, very respectable, uh, affordable contract. And, and I think the dolphins would maybe be better off taking if they want another running back to kind of add to the, the rotation, take one later. You got all these top picks, yep. pick players that are, are noted to have more of a, you know, a consistency in helping the team be successful edge rusher, cornerbacks, you know, offensive line. If they still feel like they need to, to, to up that group as well. Miles um, Gaskin proved to be a guy who can get it done in more ways than one. And, and I, I know, I think maybe you'd just be muddying up that position if you were to go with running back this high. No, I, I love it. Um, you're talking to a 49ers fan. So I understand the value of undrafted running backs more than probably most. So I, I totally mm -hmm. get it, Yes, sir. but I do, I do look at Najee Harris and I say he's a special talent, right? And then I'm not, I'm not saying this in the same breath as I would say like, hey, Mac Jones is a special talent because he plays at the best school in the country surrounded by NFL players at every single position. I do think Najee Harris has a, a little bit different of a skill set. And again, my main focus here is weapons early and then I'm going to fill some gaps later on if I'm Miami. Okay. So again, good for me. I get to make the pick. It's our boy Harris going. That brings me up to 36 overall. Um, in reality, I probably would try to sl slide out of this pick, but I'm not going to. Um, I I'm going to stay, but I, I think I would be seriously entertaining offers, especially if they came with day one picks or early day mm -hmm. two picks next year. That would be mm -hmm. have some carry some sex appeal to me. But right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick at 36 for all the reasons that you guys just defined about is there a special defensive talent that is kind of has slipped. And if so, I'm going to go there. And I am in agreement with Tony. Tony, guess who still happens to be on the board here at 36 overall? Phillips. It would be Jalen Phillips for me. Yep. Um, I'm going to go to Michael, though, real quick. Michael, I want – because I keep going to you last. So I'm going to go to you first. What are, what are your thoughts on Jalen Phillips there? I'm a big fan of Jalen Phillips. Um, I think this is one of those picks that maybe you could say – 
you know, it'd be unrealistic for him to fall out of the first because this, this isn't a deep edge or a really good edge class in general, right? There's no guy who is like a certified top five, top 10 pick that they're usually, there's no Miles Garrett's, there's no Jadavion Clowney. And again, such an important position. It's nuts to realize that there aren't any players in the position maybe going within the top 10, 15, or even 20 in this draft. In this case, Jalen Phillips falls out of the, the first. I think this is incredible value. This if something like this were to happen, um, steal the draft type pick. I mean, super athletic for his size, can put his hand in the dirt and play stand-up rush. Uh, I just think he can do it all. I think he's the much better prospect compared to his fellow uh, Hurricane and Rousseau, who did not test well. And uh, um, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Marcus Mosher is his name on Twitter, put up a list of all the edge rushers since 2011 who jumped less than, I think, 32 inches and had a higher three-cone time above 7-4. And there's nobody of note there. And Rousseau failed to meet either of those thresholds. So just history, short-term history does not say that he's going to be successful in the NFL. I think Phillips is the guy. I mean, I love Phillips. <laughs> and yeah, he's so talented, but the concussions do concern me, especially the fact that he didn't he miss his medical uh, check-in at the con- like mm-hmm. at the uh, combine. So that is uh that is somewhat concerning, I would say. Love the talent. I might try to be a little safer. Maybe not as talented, but a safer pick. Maybe Joe Tryon out of uh, Washington, if he's still there, edge rusher. Uh, but I, I know Phillips is better, but the concern with the concussions is there. So, um, if, if Phillips is there, I'm running to the podium. I mean, you literally can't slow me down. He's I'm a rare sprinting talent. to the podium. He, he's a rare talent. Um, and I'm, I'm going to make the pick. It, it's it's Jalen Phillips. Now, my next pick is, what am I, 50 overall. Again, this is where I'm going to start looking for – I think I'm going to look for some offensive line help here at this point. So I think now I'm looking at depth. So I'm between two people, and I might rely on the crowd here. The two people that I'm looking at that are on my board that you might not necessarily be able to see, I'm looking at Trey Smith, a guard from Tennessee, and I'm looking at Lou, your boy, Quinn Miners from Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, I think I think for me the pick that I would want to make here is Quinn because I think he could either play center or guard for me. So if I'm if I'm getting two positions with one pick, that probably has a little bit more sex appeal. But thoughts? I would probably pick Quinn Minard, and the reason being is they saw they saw him in Kenny at right guard. You know he's, he's somewhat serviceable. They're also possibly flirt, flirting with the idea of moving Robert Hunt to right guard or what have you. So Minards could play that center. They brought in Matt Skur. Uh, from Baltimore, not really. You know, he's just a, he's just a bandaid over a bigger issue. I love, but I love the the kid out of uh, out of Tennessee. Uh, I just don't see where he's going to fit in with that offensive line. So I probably would go Quinn Miners there. Tony, what do you think? Being a 49er fan, the key word here is versatility. Yep, love it. Okay. Center guard, do it. Michael, any discrepancies on your end? No, not at all. Actually, Miners is is a heck of a pick. Again, the versatility thing. Uh, versatility is a, is a thing that's getting thrown around the charters or has been thrown around with them for a while. And it just so happens that none of these versatile athletes have been able to really solidify any position whatsoever. So it's kind of got a bad stigma here in charger land. But uh, in general, yes, you do want versatile offensive linemen because if, again, you're a team that deals with injuries, it's nice to have guys that you don't have to worry about should they need to make a move somewhere. Perfect. Love it. I, that was my sentiment. This is an inside joke, Lou, but I'm passing on my draft crush okay. for this pick. Okay. Two of my draft crushes, one being Asante Samuel Jr. Um, it's really hard to not make a position uh, of strength even more of a strength. Uh, the other one being Jabril Cox out of LSU. Okay. So 
I'm going Quinn. I'm going to start to breeze through a little, guys, because I just want to make sure everybody gets uh, yep. ample time on, on theirs as well. Good news is the, the pick starts to spread out a little bit here. So I'm picking 81 overall, I believe. And when we get to this point, after addressing some, some needs to me, um, I'm looking for a couple things. I'm looking for best available. I'm looking for depth pieces, right? Not not to say that at 81, you're looking for best uh, like available. Like these aren't the equivalent of sixth and seventh round picks. But I think early with what I strategized here, I I filled some of the the glaring holes. Um, I think here I'm I'm either looking at edge or I'm finding myself another weapon. So if it's edge, I'm probably going with Joe Tryon out of Washington. Ooh. If I'm going with another weapon, a guy that I am enamored with, Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Michael, you, what do you think, buddy? <laughs> yeah, Amari Rogers, man, I, I think is a solid pick here. I think he's an underrated wide receiver. I think he plays very strong for his size. I don't think he's super tall, not super, you know, doesn't have a ton of mass on him, but just plays bigger than he is. And I think there's a little bit of a, of a theme going on in the NFL right now where you've got guys like A.J. Brown who, you know, aren't super tall, but they're stocky. Debo Samuel. Um, Antonio Gibson was kind of a similar build as well. I know he plays running back other than receiver at the next level. Um, but guys that just have such overwhelming play strength as opposed to what maybe they put up on the bench or or just based on their, their height and weight. I like guys like that. I, I, they're easy to bet on, I guess. Ultimately, what I would love, I would like to see what type of cornerbacks are out there. Um, I know they have Xavier Howard. Uh, I know they're, you know. Tyson Campbell is on the board. Mm-hmm. Robert Rochelle is still on the but board. But they would look for, more for a, a slot corner because they have yep. the two boundary corners out there. Yep. I mean, I mentioned Joe Tryon before. I think that would be a nice uh, hedge, God forbid, for Phillips. Injury, uh, the injuries to still start like coming up the so and looking at their their team, uh, they really have no one at the edge. I mean, you have Andrew Van uh, Ginkle. Okay, he, he's a playmaker, but sporadically. So, wouldn't you love to have both Phillips and also Joe Tryon coming off the edges and applying pressure? Uh, look what you know Tampa Bay did, you know, against the Chiefs, yep. and that's what you have to do. And I would double down on the edge. Tony, I feel like you're loving Amari Rogers. I, I am. Yeah, physical, physical, <laughs> very physical. He put the ball in his hands. He. He runs with that same mentality as Debo. Yep. All right. And here's another guy with versatility, punt returner. Yep. You address two needs. You add it to the slot, another weapon security blanket for Tua, and you re- you could potentially improve your return game. I, the pick for me is Amari Rodgers. And Lou, I hear you loud and clear, but for me it's Amari Rodgers. And I said this when we were covering a Senior Bowl. This man – is the epitome of catching the ball with your hands. Like he gets smacked and that ball still never touches his body. That's not just like a physical talent. That's a mental talent. Um, and it's just something that I, I can't unsee. And if I have an opportunity to bring him to my team, he's being brought to my team. Okay. So again, I'm going to move with a little bit more pace here. Um, as we, we get a little further, I think I go from 81 all the way to like 156. I don't really think the Dolphins make all these picks. If anything has showed us this year, they're going to slide around. They're going to move around. They're going to target the people that they want to target but if i'm at 156 um you know i I think i'm i'm looking for some some depth pieces here and one of the ones that i might want to go after is going to be in the in the secondary and a guy that i'm also enamored with here uh, is the safety out of virginia tech uh divine diablo Mm -hmm. um i'm a big fan of his just to give everybody some context, there's still like camp sample from Tulane from an edge perspective. You know, Jonathan Marshall from Arkansas still on the board. Um, 
you know, I already went running back, but if I didn't and Jamar Jefferson from Oregon State was still sitting here, I'd probably, maybe that might be more of the pick, but knowing what I just invested um, in Najee Harris. But for me, I think this pick at 156 is Divine Diablo, safety from Virginia Tech. So like one word, yay or nay, Lou. Uh, no, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that. I know who they have, that Bobby McCain and uh, who else? Have that? Eric Rowe. Uh, but I believe their contracts are coming up soon. I think they only have like two years left on them. So this can be a nice way to transition perhaps you know, the back end of that defense. Can't pay your all-stars forever. Um, d- to me, Devine's a guy that early on, while he's getting acclimated to a defense and, and learning how to play at the NFL speed, um, Brings a ton of special teams value. So for me, that I, I feel like that's a pick. Tony, I know you like D- I love, Divine. So I, I, I like him. Okay. I really do. I My, really do. Michael, thoughts? You? Yeah, same thing here. He's a yay for me. Uh, a guy who was a starting player um, with size and talent, athleticism, who also plays a ton of special teams uh, snaps. I think that's huge. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Chargers try to land a guy like that as well. They've been doing a lot of homework on guys who were mainly special teams aces in college. So I like him a lot. Perfect. Um, that yeah, I, you can pencil me in for that pick. If he if he's in that round five to six area, I think it's it's a no brainer. So now we wrap up with my two seventh round picks. We're at two thirty one. Um, for me, I'm looking for camp bodies. I think this is a, a pretty deep team already as is. So I'm looking for guys that might have a little bit more upside and opportunity. Um, just given the, the the time here, and I, I definitely want to get to the Chargers. I'm actually really excited to get to the Chargers. Um, I'm, I'm just going to make my picks. So for me, um, in in this instance, I'm going to go ahead and grab another edge. Hearing you guys loud and clear, an opportunity to add depth. That's going to be Patrick Johnson out of Tulane. So that's going to be me for for 231, and then my last pick at, at 258. Um, you know, I'm looking for a swing tackle. I'm looking for somebody who I might be able to plug and play um, in certain areas. Uh, so when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at potentially um, Josh Ball from Marshall, and that's probably going to be the that's going to be my last pick. And then we'll go and get some uncoveted, uh, undrafted rookies to to fill out camp. So overall, gents, thoughts. Yeah, let's, let's hear them again. Let's hear the picks again. Okay. So six, Jamar Chase, 18, Najee Harris, 36, Jalen Phillips, 50, Quinn Miners, um, 81, Amari Rogers, 156, Divine Diablo, 231, Patrick Johnson, 258, Josh Ball. Yeah? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. That's, there's a lot of names, a lot of young names that uh, Dolphins fans can get excited about instantly. I mean, Chase, come on. Najee Harris, again, a fun position people want to root for. Uh, Phillips on the edge. Uh, a lot of good names people will get really excited about right off the bat. It's, a, right. it's a sexy draft. I would say that. Mm-hmm. I, not bad for a non-Dolphins fan, right? <laughs> and being kind of unbiased in, in this. So... Michael, I'm going to ask a favor of you, if you don't mind, sir, because you have alluded from from a technical standpoint, you can't necessarily see my screen. So if you want to bring up um, PFN Mock Draft Simulator for yourself. I already got it up. We're ready to rock. Let's do it, it. dude. I'm going to steer you a little bit, but this is I think Tony and I might bow out a little bit because I'm I'm really interested to see these these two charger heads kind of tackle one another. But, Michael, you know the drill. Your number you got nine total picks. You're number 13 overall. Get us started, my friend. 
Yes, sir. So nine picks for the Chargers in, in total. This is the most picks Tom Telesco's had since he's been the, the general manager. So since 2013, he had eight in 2016, the year they picked uh, Joey Bosa and Hunter Henry. Obviously, they they got some good picks on top of that draft. The rest of the guys, I don't even think they're on the team anymore, uh, <laughs> including Hunter Henry, unfortunately. But, you know, they got a lot of ammo here. There's some uh, needs to fill. Um, and hopefully we're going to be able to do that. So um, already running. We're down here at 13. And I think this board set up well um, because one, Kyle Pitts is still available. Second, Rashawn <laughs> Slater is still available. So just from uh, first pick alone, we're looking at a game-changing generational talent at tight end slash wide receiver, whatever you want to use him at. And then you've got arguably the only other tackle that can challenge Penny Sewell for, for top of his class in Rashawn Slater. Um, I'm not the, like, don't get me wrong, love Pitts. I think the pick here has to be Slater. I just think this is, it's just too perfect. You know, you've got Horn and Sertain who went, uh, you know, in the top 12. Parsons went in the top 12, which helps bring Slater down as well. Three wide receivers, Waddle, Smith, and Chase. I mean, it sets up perfectly for what the Chargers want in Slater. I think he ends up being the pick. If you guys think otherwise, tell me now. I got to disagree. You got to go Pitts here. So I'm going to let you disagree. But I agree, Michael. Tony. Because right. I'm gonna get out of the, the, the this train collision I here like, in a minute. <laughs> man, this is tough. I like Pitts. Pitts in that offense for for Haber. Haber, it's who is your tight end? Uh, uh, Cook. Jared Cook. Jared Cook. Two hundred. Been better than Henry. Over Henry or Cook has more touchdowns in, above the age of thirty than Henry has in his career so far. He's an underrated stopgap, but he's a short term. I tell you what, I will go Pitts here. I would go Pitts, and there's somebody in round two that you can get. I'm not going to say until we get to that point. Well, you have the board. So if Dylan Randuz is there, Randuns, I don't know how to say his last name. Randuns, yeah. But that's somebody you can get to come in and play left tackle in the second round. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my mentality, too. This is one of the deepest offensive tackles and uh, interior offensive linemen uh, draft You know, in recent memory. I know last year was phenomenal, too. I just feel like... They're going to be pro- – this will allow them to part ways with Mike Williams while still supporting, you know, filling up the cupboard again for Herbert. My opinion would be Pitts because he's so unique, and I think Staley has such a mind that he can actually utilize Pitts in such a creative way to create such crazy mismatches. This will help them keep up with the offenses, uh, you know, with your, your Chiefs and what have you. My opinion would be Pitts for either or. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not pissed at either pick. Yeah, you know what? I, I think for the for the sake of this exercise and and let's take advantage of the situation. Pitts probably isn't going to get there at thirteen, yeah. but for this particular yeah. situation, exactly. he is. And as I was talking before we started recording, I like the uh, the tackle class. I think you can get guys that can uh, play immediately in the second, maybe even the third round, depending on how the runs on other positions go. So my final pick will actually be Kyle Pitts here. All right, change his wow. mind. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is what you pay your scouts for. It's, it's a deep tackle. Class. It is. And it I, is. And but I agree. So I have a question for Michael and Lou. The same question will go to you. So I agree wholeheartedly. I don't foresee any scenario that Kyle Pitts is actually at 13. Well, he could, he, there could be a picture of him on Instagram smoking like uh, uh, oh. If there oh, is, <laughs> you put it out there or Michael put it out there if there actually is. But, Michael, if you're the GM yep. and knowing that Kyle Pitts is not coming to 13, are you sitting at 13 um, for 
Slater or whomever it might be, are you going to be aggressive and are you going out of your way to get Sewell? I think if Sewell gets past the Bengals at five, then you seriously have to consider potentially mortgaging a little bit of the future to go up and get him. I think besides being, he is my, my OT one in this class and being able to reconnect him with Herbert, I think would pay huge dividends with both of them on the rookie contracts, you know, together and growing together on this team and, and having that, that feeling of like, we're a part of building this franchise going forward and taking it to levels that it hasn't been to in a a long time. I think all that kind of comes together. If you're able to, to, to bring that connection back. I, I agree. Lou, you sent me a text message last night that you won't let your yourself get your hopes up if he's the slide past the no, five I, to, I to be aggressive. Her, I will not get hurt again. But, okay. <laughs> so so noted um, in our little fantasy world that we live in this evening, Kyle Pitts is the pick at 13. Congratulations, right. Charger fans. Right. And uh, who you got at 47, Michael? <laughs> All right, so some some interesting names came off the board. Jason Oway, Jalen Phillips, Greg Russo, all those guys, you know, edges of position that I think comes after tackle and cornerback uh, for the Chargers. But obviously, we didn't go with either of those top three needs with the first-round pick. We went with Pitts, which dream scenario, but it happened here. We went with it. Now, uh, as Tony said, Dylan Reduns is a guy that could potentially fall here. And to be honest, he did. So Dylan Reduns is on the board but another really interesting name that's still available is Asante Samuel Jr. <sighs> now, that's tough. Yeah, um, That's a tough thing because that's two big knees. The Chargers do need uh, a starting left tackle, but they, they found three guys in free agency. Two of them are penciled in starters with Ode Abushi potentially being the starter at right guard. I think he is right now. I don't know who else would, uh, besides a rookie, would come in and compete with him. Um, but it, you look at the secondary man, besides Chris Harris, who's obviously on the wrong side of 30, didn't have that great of a year, missed the most games he ever has in a season in his first year with the Chargers. Besides him, you got Michael Davis, who's, yes, he's a former undrafted free agent who signed into another contract because he is a budding, uh, really, really good player at the position. But behind him, you've got a guy like Brandon Faison, who's another undrafted player. Behind him, you've got Tavon uh, Campbell, who is another undrafted player who played in Canada for a bit. I mean, you don't have any depth. At cornerback. And I mean, when you look at the offensive line position, you've got a pretty good offensive line now. And if your weakest, you know, whoever it is at left tackle, you know, he's going to have help from all these other veterans and well-established players. But in the secondary, man, you've got almost nobody. So here I am weirdly enough leaning towards Asante Samuel Jr. because I think maybe there's someone worthwhile in the third. Uh, but then I'm going to throw this to you guys real quick. Uh, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm thinking cornerback over offensive line. Uh, any of you, what would I do? I'll step in first. Please do. Uh, I actually agree with you. Yeah. It sucks that you had to make that choice between Dylan Raddins and, and Samuel. But here's the thing. I feel like you can get a quality Offensive tackle in round three, like you know, you may, you you named some uh, people before. Maybe a Walker Little, and then you also sign a, uh, perhaps uh, Andrew Villa and Nueva in the offseason mm-hmm. to a, a cost, you know, a, a fr- team friendly deal to kind of help Walker Little get back up to, you know, up to speed coming off that injury two years ago. And you're, I, I agree everything your sentiment. Believe it or not, we're not. I, I agreed not to go to the offensive line here, and because it's so deep, and I think you 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 fortify that cornerback position. Asante Samuel, by definition, is yeah. my draft crush. If you are even considering it, that is the pick. 
Uh, I used this term before. You're sprinting to the podium. Um, I think the kid is uber talented. I think the only reason why he's not in the conversation for the top two or three corners in this draft class is height limitations and his natural tendency is to play in the slot at least right now that's how the nfl is looking at him but i think this is a guy who will play outside the numbers eventually so michael i'm on board i think samuel jr would be my pick as well pull the trigger tony agrees i agree i'm a florida state fan i'm i agree okay (laughs) <laughs> all right. Well, that, that, that does it. Uh, and I mean, it's crazy to think the top three corners in this draft are all legacy players. I, I yes. kind of just made that connection now. Sertain Horn and, and yep. Santa Samuel Bloodlines. is incredible. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm taking what you guys said in consideration. And uh, I think Asante Samuel Jr. is going to be the pick here. I think he fits exactly what Brandon Staley just got done telling us that the media. I think two weeks ago we met with him, uh, what he likes most and what he covers in quarterbacks. And at the NFL level, he he wants guys who can play man to man. And uh, you don't really have that on, on the Chargers right now. Davis is a really good zone cornerback, is athletic enough to stick a bit. But uh, I think Samuel is the guy here, just does everything that Staley wants uh, in a corner. So we're going with Samuel Jr. All right. All right, so what are we at? Seventy-seven then after forty-seven. Seventy-seven, and let's see. All right, we got lucky. We got lucky here. I think this almost came back to bite us uh, by passing on a tackle. We we got two good options here. Um, so guys like Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa, he's off the board. Walker Little just came off the board two picks ago. Joe Treon from Washington, the edge player, is someone I really, really enjoy in this draft. Came off the board of a couple picks as well. But I think you have to go offensive tackle here. And we're looking at one, Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame, who I've been following for a few years now. I thought he was eventually going to be a, a potential first rounder when he came out unfortunately uh, isn't that player but still very very good and respected a lot of buzz from him recently i was listening to i i can't remember whom's but was saying that uh the the nfl is much higher on eichenberg than you know us in the media are at this point a lot of people think he could go super high early in the in the second round um but other than eichenberg we've got brady christensen from byu again a guy i talked about before we started recording who tested very well, played on a, on a very good BYU team where he was able to use his athleticism. Again, good size, 6'6", a little over 300 pounds. I mean, a fairly lean, well-built tackle. So I think at this pick, you've got to go with either of those two. Eichenberg, Christensen, uh, who do you guys prefer? Charger fan. All right. I'll start. I, I actually like Eichenberg. I watched a lot of tape of him. I think he's a solid, uh, you know, offensive tackle. He's not, he's not sexy. Uh, Maybe some physical limitations, I get that, but he, he's very smart. He gets the job done. Uh, I would feel more comfortable him manning the left uh, the left tackle position as, as as opposed to Brady Christensen. I understand Christensen tested extremely well, and later on in the draft, you want to kind of go towards players that have those those measurables and those testing. You want to take a little more risk when it comes to that. But uh, I feel like I would rather something a little safer because you also understand we have Herbert where – He's not a statue back there. He could move. So uh, I, I would prefer Eichenberg. I, I detect no lies here. That would be my pick as well if he's still on the yeah, board. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm surprised he's still on the board. I actually just showed Weston Christensen because I knew – I had a really strong feeling he would still be here. But if Eichenberg's there, that's, that's the guy you got to take. 
Yeah, I like all that. Again, I've been, I remember seeing Eichenberg as a freshman. You know, this was the year McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson were coming out and I saw this Eichenberg guy, height and weight and everything. I was like, this guy is going to be a potential high round draft pick. Um, would love, you know, I knew the Chargers needed an offensive tackle every single year since then. Um, been kind of waiting on him. And I think, I think he's going to be the pick again, coming from Notre Dame, that pedigree, Harry Highstand is a former offensive line coach for them. I mean, he was the reason I believe that McGlinchey and Nelson were so well coached, um, such good players. And I think Eichenberg was there for one of Highstand's final years before he went and had a stint with the bears. Uh, so I like him. I, you know, as a former, um, University of Iowa Hawkeye. Uh, we like our offensive line. We always put out really good blue collar type fighters in, in the trenches. And I, and I kind of view Notre Dame the same way. So I think here at 77, Eichenberg is going to be the pick. Yeah, he's a safe pick. Pull the trigger. All right. Eichenberg is the pick. So now we're going to our second third round pick. Uh, we're going to reject this trade from the Bengals and the Washington football team. Please go away. We're making <laughs> these picks. So 97. Let's see who is on the board. So here we've gotten a, a game-changing pass catcher. We've gotten a really good cornerback and we've gotten our left tackle. Now here we can start looking at edge rusher. We can also maybe start looking at interior of the defensive line because, you know, if we don't think Jerry Tillery nor Justin Jones are who we, we, we thought they'd be at this point in their career. I know it's still early on, still a little underwhelming. And Linval Joseph is obviously on the wrong side of 30. So maybe an interior player, um, maybe an edge rusher, Maybe double dipping on offensive line, if that's something we think the Chargers are going to do as well. You know, us as Chargers fans, we don't mind that. So the last time they double dipped, unfortunately, they missed on both, which is a little, you know, it's going to give us a little bit of PTSD. It's pretty hard to do. Yeah, it's very, very unfortunate. But we're going to kind of go, you know, defense here. So defensively on the board, some of the guys, we've got Tommy Togiai from uh, Ohio State, had 40 reps on the bench press, tied for first the most of any uh, player in the draft this class. Um, we've got the USC defensive tackle, Marlon Tuipulotu. Uh, and then we've got guys like Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. Could fill out quite a bit more, uh, but very twitchy, very explosive. Um, tons of room to fill out, though. I think he's got a lot of potential. And then uh, your your next available edge, or at least highest rated edge, according to Pro Football Network, is Hamilcar Rochette Jr. Now, he's a little bit on the smaller side, about 6'3", maybe 6'4", 245 pounds, kind of fits, again, that that stand-up 3-4 uh, outside linebacker that the Chargers already have, Shannon Wosu and Kyler Fackerel. If I'm going to go edge, I kind of want more of that bigger end, what Bosa is, you know, 6'5", 270-plus uh, pounds. Um, and there's not a ton available here, unfortunately. I think the you got Dalen Hayes, 6'4", 260. Um, but defensive tackle kind of seems to be the position. Uh, Togiai again, Marlin, um, Bobby Brown from Texas A&M, who tested very well, is also available here. Uh, so I want to hear you guys' thoughts, though. Hey, should I kind of roll with the value here where, where defensive tackle is the strongest? Or do I maybe reach on an edge rusher, even though it may not be you know, uh, the best value at this point? I would think for here on out, the Chargers need good players. Uh, now is not the time to start reaching for players. I personally probably would go to the best available player on that defensive line, no matter who it is, because we said before they're extremely thin. We stated that they basically constructed this defensive line like it's like how you play Madden. Uh -huh. You turn the injuries off, you turn the fatigue off, <laughs> and you just play your starters, and they're not going to get hurt. And they have li limited options behind their stars along the whole defensive line, whether it's the edge or the uh, def or the interior defensive line. So you just need the best available defensive pl uh, player available. And would you say Tommy Togiai? He's the highest yeah. rated on Pro Football Network. I would probably go leaning towards him. He could be a nice way to transition from Lindvall jo Joseph to uh, – 
uh, perhaps uh, another nose tackle. Yeah, I, my my entire draft philosophy is always best available. Trust your board. This is why you pay your scouts, regardless of what you, we might think of them as fans. Um, you know, I always argue you can never have too many good players at any single position unless mm-hmm. it is your punter or kicker, because that brings you zero value in return. So if, you know, our friend from Ohio State's on the board, I, th- I think that has to be the pick. Tony, I agree. I agree. B- BPA right now, especially at this point in the draft, you want your, your best bang for the buck. Um, and, and I definitely pull the trigger on him. Yeah, I'm doing a little more digging into the the edge position. And I mean, I would really have to reach. And honestly, a lot of these guys are the smaller, more, you know, two point stance, three, four outside linebacker that the Chargers have enough of. Um, there are no base ends. Maybe there's one I have to take a flyer out on, on in an earlier round. But yeah, Tommy Togiai at Ohio State looks to be the guy, fills a couple needs, can play both interior positions. I like him. We're going with Togiak. Yeah, maybe later on in the draft you can, if we're lucky, we can get a camp sample yeah. from Tulane or something like that. Yep. Yeah, you're correct. So we're at 118 now, uh, yeah, finally and, on day three. And um, and Michael, just for, for time's sake too, right? Because I know I took a little um, while and I'm loving this yep. feedback. Let's make um, – you're the GM. You tell us what's on. Lou will let you contribute. You know, Tony and I will, will hang tight okay. for a little while. I just want to make sure that we uh, – we get to everything, and sorry, I always have to be the bearer of bad news. It's like the moderator, like the golden rule grandma substitute teacher. <laughs> I apologize. All right, no worries here. So what we got on the board, um, again, I would like to kind of go for for an edge rusher here. Unfortunately, again, they're guys that just kind of seem like redundant picks. Hamilcar Rochette's still on the board. Uh, Patrick Jones from Pittsburgh. But one name that... I'm not sure if he falls this far unless the NFL just really isn't high on him is Paulson Adebo, the cornerback from Stanford is still on the board. And, uh, you know, this was a guy who before he opted out in 2020, I think was, was the active leader in pass breakups coming yep. into, um, or at least top three coming into the, the 2020 season um, was once seen as a potential first round pick. I mean, people were really high on a Debo. Um, the fact that he's available here top of the fourth, I think could be huge again, trying to fill out a, uh, secondary that does need just bodies in general. They, they were old for too long. Um, and now they just got to, you know, refill retool without, you know, just looking towards undrafted players. Um, defense tackle Bobby Brown is also on the board just in terms of value and athleticism and upside. I like him as well. Um, and then you've got again, Dalen Hayes, the edge rusher from Notre Dame who has met with the chargers. Um, a good player. I, I think he can put his hand in the ground as well. Can maybe add a little bit of size. Those are three guys. I really like Lou. Anybody there that that kind of stands out to you? You can never. There's literally our. I feel like our once was our strength of our team when it comes to cornerbacks is now a weakness. I think you double up on the cornerback. God forbid, you know, like you said, Harris is older, right? You know, he he missed a lot of games last year with that foot injury. If that does something happen like that again, you can move over Samuel to the slot and then perhaps uh, play the kid from Stanford on the boundary as well. So I would double up on the corner in my honest opinion. Yeah, I think this has to be the pick as well. I mean, it's crazy to think of the contrast between beginning of 2020, the Chargers had probably the most elite secondary in the NFL. Like it was just a foregone conclusion, all the bodies they have. And to see where they are now is kind of sad (laughs) at the end of the day, man. I mean, it's just nobody's there. You know, it's the Fresh Prince meme where, you know, he's looking around and there's no one. (laughs) I love Pac-10 corners too. So we are going to go with the Debo. Brandon Staley needs a strong uh, secondary. And we talked 
talked about how his secondary and with the Rams was one of the best communicating groups he's ever had. And I think that's very important. You got to need smart guys. And before you can get smart guys, you just need bodies in general. So a devil's the pick here, 118. And I agree. And I also feel like they built like us. I could be wrong here, but I feel like Staley is going to be the type of uh, uh, head coach that likes to build from the, the back end to the front, kind of like mm-hmm. what the Ravens do. Uh, they put a more of a, a premier uh, pos- uh, on the on the on the secondary positions. So I feel like he's coming cut for that mold. I could be wrong, but that's the vibe he gives me. Yeah, you are correct. Um, so here at one fifty nine, again, kind of looking for best player available. Uh, one position I want to take a specific look at was tight end. Now. Uh, you got a lot of guys here, unfortunately, that you probably haven't heard too much of. Quentin Morris, Bowling Green, Nick Eubanks, Michigan, I believe is a the fullback actually for them. Trey McKitty from Georgia. A lot of names that really don't move the needle for me. I know there was some some guys like uh, Grayson was in a, a recent seven-round mock draft from SMU uh, that looked exciting, but none of these guys, unfortunately, look like they're, they're going to move the needle all that much. Um, some top players in general, Jonathan Marshall, defense tackle from Arkansas, Austin Watkins, a receiver from UAB, Rodarius Williams, another corner from Oklahoma State, Wap Fillior, receiver from Indiana. A lot of guys that, again, not moving the needle. Marvin Wilson, here's a name, a guy who was once thought to be a first-round pick, surefire first-round pick. Uh, is now all of a sudden available in, in the fifth round at 159. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, a guy who almost was a finalist for a Heisman, I believe in 2019, led the nation in rushing, uh, could be, again, someone to add to that running back rotation, which is something to consider because there's injuries. And then there was the lack of efficiency from Joshua Kelly as a rookie. Um, and then, of course, Eckler got injured for the first time, uh, which is a little bit scary because he didn't have an injury history. So uh, a couple names here, various different positions, offense, defense, Lou, kind of tell me where you're I'm going Hubbard. And like you said before, you both have uh, Justin Jackson. Guy can't stay on the field. He's good when he's on the field. But I hate that saying when you say he's good when he's healthy. So that means absolutely nothing to me, in my opinion. So uh, like you said, Eckler, too. Uh, I'm a little nervous about, you know, he did get hurt last year. Is this a thing, you know, to pretty much... Is this something that's going to start happening again? So I think you need some competent running back. I wasn't a big fan of Joshua Kelly last year when they drafted him, uh, but I would go. I would go for Hubbard to add more to that running back uh, stable. Yeah, I have to agree. Joshua Kelly was fine in the moment. It was probably earlier than we would have liked with running backs, but he was definitely an Anthony Lynn guy. He was a yeah. senior bowl player, no nonsense runner, just one cut north and south type guy. Doesn't have a lot of wiggle, um, which is why I don't think he's going to be all that successful in the NFL. Unfortunately, the, the offensive line wasn't there to to make the easy holes and running lanes for him to be uh, successful. Chubba Hubbard, again, guy rushed for a lot of yards, had a lot of success. Um, and, and I've been thinking lately that, Kelly being a Lynn guy, I wouldn't be surprised to see Staley come out and get just his guy at the running back position. Eckler is who he is, but again, Jackson and Keller from the old guard, and I wouldn't be surprised for him to, to kind of get a guy that he's more, uh, you know, preference to. Um, so we're going to go with Chuba Hubbard here at 159, um, add to that rotation. So heading to the sixth round, um, 185, top of the sixth. 
uh, we can kind of go anywhere here. Again, these are the last couple picks here. Um, some quick guys that are available, Chauncey Golston, edge from Iowa, who uh, Jim Nagy was saying a lot of good things of about his motor and just tenacity that he plays with. Benjamin St. Juice, a big corner from Minnesota that I've seen kind of go in the third and fourth rounds of a lot of mock drafts recently. So there's a nice name there. Derek Barnes, an off-ball linebacker who apparently can can get after the quarterback as a blitzer as well. Very underrated player there. Wouldn't be surprised to see him go much earlier than he is in this draft. Um, I like a lot of those guys. Again, I think we're going to stick with best player available here. So I'm either going Golston, St. Juiced, or Derek Barnes, all Big Ten defenders, ironically enough. Uh, Lou, any thoughts on those three? Let's stay in Iowa. Uh, I, would, I would go for Golston uh, for the reason being uh, they need help on the edge. And uh, I like a guy with a high motor, and that's – those are the players that when you draft them this time of the of the draft, the later rounds, that will perhaps make themselves known because of their high motor and their mm-hmm. ability. So I would say Golston. Yeah, I think so. I kind of was targeting him if we weren't going to grab an edge with any of the earlier round, the first day or uh, two days worth of picks. Um, I like him a lot. He's, I think, around that 270. He's about 6'5", very similar to Bosa. Bosa does look much bigger just proportionally than Golston, but Golston has inside-outside versatility, and he had a really good year next to Davion Nixon um, this past year at Iowa. Um, good player. I like him. All right, uh, we got our Hawkeye. <laughs> yes, we did. Go Hawks, baby. All right, so this is our second round pick. I totally forgot that the Desmond King um, trade uh, got us this, 198. So real quick, some top names. Uh, safety Jacoby Stevens from LSU. You've got Frank Darby, a wide receiver from Arizona State. Richard Lacunte uh, from Georgia, very productive player for them. Um, you got the very athletic receiver in Josh Imatorbebe. I think he had a 46-inch vertical, which is – I believe uh, would have been a combine record had there been a combine. We can absolutely jump out of the room. And here's another guy I like. We're talking about double dipping an offensive line. Robert Jones, the guard from uh, Middle Tennessee. Uh, I think he might have been a right tackle for them, but doesn't have the – I think he's only about 6'1", maybe 6'2". Doesn't have the length and and normal prototypical size. But I think he's a row grader as well. Uh, Just a couple names there. Lou, any thoughts? You don't have to listen to me on this one. I, I nobody with, listens to you anyway, Lou. <laughs> so my personal opinion, when it, I'm drafting now for more measurables, and I would go for I'm going to butcher it, Josh Immature. You got to help me Maybe. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would I would go for him because I'm not sold 100 percent on the ability for this wide receiver core to stay healthy, and you still don't know what you have in the wide receivers uh, three and four out there. Uh, so I would go for him just for the ability to pro- provide some additional depth that they, I think they could need. You know, Mike Williams has a history of injuries. Uh, Keenan Allen has a history of injuries. So maybe you, stri- you know, strike gold here. Yeah, I'll take that in consideration. Um, <laughs> That's like a nice way of being like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that because the last time I said that, I think I went with the pick. Um, I but good. I, I am actually going to double dip here at offensive line where I am going to go Robert Jones. Um, reading up, I haven't done a lot of research on Emator, but it sounds like besides the measurables and the testing, there isn't much to work with. You're banking on upside just based on, you know, just being faster and jumping higher than anybody else. It doesn't sound like he's got much of anything of note to his game. And Robert Jones, from what I've seen, is just a mean, nasty guy with a chip on his shoulder coming from, you know, a group of five school. And uh, I would feel much better about this draft coming away with two offensive linemen as opposed to just one. So All right. Jones is the pick. And this should be our last of uh, the evening. 241. 
Okay, just real quick. Dan Moore, I believe, was an all-SEC offensive lineman, a tackle. Alaric Jackson, another offensive tackle, was once thought to be a potential first-round pick. He fell quite a bit, really bad tester, unfortunately. Um, what else do we have? K.J. Britt, linebacker from Auburn. Uh, Darren Hall, cornerback from San Diego State, heard some good stuff about him. Des Fitzpatrick, receiver from Louisville, again, heard some good things. Um, but again, you're getting into some guys that this is just going to be uh, throwing darts at the wall. Um, Nick Neiman, another Iowa Hawkeye, but I, I will say was one of the most athletic linebackers to test ever of, of from math bombs, relative athletic score. I mean, was super fast for his size, six, three, I think two thirty. um, Teron Jackson. There's another edge guy from coastal Carolina who a lot of people had a lot of good things to say with another senior bowl participant, uh, Lou real quick on any of those names. Can I get my wide receiver now? Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville, uh, just to just to provide a hedge, like I said, with your Mike Williams injury history and what have you. That's what I would lean towards. I mean, you know, he's a nice size wide out. He put out some good tape, man. I, I like his tape. I'm actually surprised he's to see him. You know, to me, he's more of a – sorry, I just couldn't help myself when you said the name, Michael, because I was just like, I can't believe this guy's mm-hmm. still floating around. Um, I, I like a lot about him. And I'll just be quiet now because it's not my pick. No, that's that's right. That's why we're the skate. You know, I think he's a little, you know, he needs a little more more refinement in the routes and what have you. But uh, like I said, you're picking this late. They're not, these are not perfect prospects. Yeah. And it's funny that you said you call them a nice size wide out because the notes on Desmond Patrick underneath this website is nice size wide out who flashed ability in the past. Yeah. It says good length, good size, uh, has, you know, it has a knack for, for jumping or timing his jumps, right. To pluck the ball out of the air, adjust to badly thrown passes. Uh, a lot of that kind of sounds like Mike Williams, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't want him to come in and immediately be another Mike Williams, but if he can, he can do kind of some of the similar things, I think that's a strong pick. Um, and you know, yes, that wide receiver core, KJ Hill and Joe Reed didn't really do all that much as, as rookies, unfortunately. Um, had a lot of high hopes, but it, it's a weird group. And if Mike Williams is leaving after 2021, then that group's going to look really, really bad aside from Keenan Allen. So uh, we're going to go with Des Patrick here. I like that. That's a good looking draft right there. Yeah. Michael, do me, so. do me the honors recap. All right. Top to bottom. Number 13, Kyle Pitts. What a dream that would be. 47. (laughs) Asante Samuel Jr. Awesome man. Corner. Love it. Liam Eichenberg. Uh, We waited and waited and still got a good quality offensive tackle. He's not going to blow the world up. But if he's our worst offensive lineman, I think the line is going to be pretty okay. Tommy Togiai, big, strong tackle, can play either nose or three eye, like it. Paulson Adebo, value here. Former guy people thought was going to be phenomenal, I think is still a good guy, um, good player at the position. I think he'll be fine. Chuba Hubbard, Brandon Staley gets his running back, a guy, you know, again, uh, a little more wiggle than Kelly. He's a no-nonsense runner, but has definitely got some shake to make something happen on his own. And then you've got Chauncey Golston in the sixth, edge rusher, some depth behind Bosa. Robert Jones, uh, late round pick, I think just has some tenacity to him. I think he can play above his draft selection. And then we finished it off with Des Patrick again, nice size wide out from Louisville has some similarities to Mike Williams. Uh, I think he can get the job done in more ways than one. I like it a lot. I think the Chargers fans should be, yeah, should be ecstatic if that is the the draft result. Um, I love it. And and Michael, thank you so much for the insight on the players too. I I mean, your, your evaluation of them was phenomenal i was educated coming out of that so I, i'm not gonna say i'm a chargers fan now based on that draft but i, I love the the result and i'm sure uh, fans would be super happy so let's in the essence of time let's go Blue, north you, no, yeah. let's go let's, let's go, go north, north. we're staying in, yeah let's go up to the bay so tony you're gonna do the honors for us i'm just gonna give the audience again nine total picks mm-hmm. 
Um, I think you and I as fans would both agree that nine players are not making this roster. So in a yeah. real world scenario, there's probably some more wiggle room to to target those individuals outside of what they already did mm-hmm. coming into the draft to go up from from 12 to three. But it's your show. And okay. if you want to use the the simulator, let's go ahead and, and start drafting. And I can't wait to to comment. And I'm sure everybody's got a few things to say. So. I'm going to go fast because um, I know we're short for time. Um, basically, the Chargers offered me a trade. Um, I'm not going to take it. I'm just going to reject it. Right we're probably trying to trade up for Mac Jones. Just want to give you a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> we're, I'm going Justin Fields here at uh, number three. Um, all the rumors of Mac Jones coming in, you don't you don't uh, mortgage two, two first-rounders. To come up and get a guy that you could have got potentially at 13 or yeah, we were at 13. 12. 12. 12. 12. Sorry. Um, you don't do that. That's just my opinion. Um, I like everything about Justin Fields. He's a leader. I Mike from Nothing But Niners actually made a good comparison. He sees him as a Russell Wilson type quarterback. Mobile. He will stay in the pocket to the last minute. If he's got to run, he'll run. But he will try to hold out as long as he could to make that throw down the field. Um, another thing I saw verse, uh, I forgot what game it was, but he ran downfield leading his running back. I think it was Sermon on a lead block all the way down the field. He was, he knocked the, I think it was Clemson. He knocked the Clemson guy right on his butt. And I was super impressed with that. So he's my guy. That's what I'm going with here. I know everyone likes the Trey Lance guy. He's, he's like, you know, the hot topic of the week now. Um, Trey Lance does do things that Kyle likes and requires out of his quarterback. My problem is the level of competition. Yes, it's 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 amazing to throw 28, 29 interceptions, uh, 28, 29 touchdowns, no interceptions. That is amazing. But his first game that he came back this year, threw for 159 yards. I think it was one touchdown, one interception, but he rushed for over 200 yards. I can't see this team mortgaging what they did now, if they were at three, they want to take the project all by all means. You go for the ceiling. But I want the short thing. I, I want someone that's played in a big game. I, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm like no Mel Kuyper or anything, but not for nothing. I think Justin Fields went blow for blow with Trevor Lawrence, and he is the number one pick overall. I think we could all agree on that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with Justin Fields here. I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet because I know the time restrictions. So he's going to be the number third overall pick. Um you want to comment? Uh, of course I do. Um, so I agree with every all of your sentiment. I think I am most relieved to stop hearing somebody talk about the correlation to Kyle Shanahan and the infatuation with a Matt Jones type mm-hmm. player. For me, I, I don't I don't trade what I trade to go get somebody, like you said, not to be redundant, that I can get at 12 mm-hmm. who is eerily similar to the quarterback that I already have on my roster. Mm-hmm. Now I am one of those Trey Lance guys. Yes, am I. But, and that's just because of the mystique around it and the uber athleticism. And I believe Kyle Shanahan, as I know you do, to Mm. be an elite play caller. So, curiosity. The curiosity in me says, I would love to see what he can do with this guy. Of course. But as a fan, I too want somebody that I think is the hybrid of those worlds and someone that I probably trust a little bit more based on the competition they played. And I am... 100% 100% comfortable with Justin Fields being this pick. And it's not a knock against Trey Lance nope. by all means. It's just, like I said, if you're at three and you don't trade nothing, you take the shot. But 
you're giving up that, you got to go for Fields here, in my opinion. Michael, are you a, a Fields or Lance guy? I'm a Fields guy. I, I think everything that's been going on regarding how he's been viewed in the media and just all the opinions getting thrown out there very much seemed out of left field. Uh, but it's kind of something you can you can expect as we get this close to any draft. Um, someone who may have been highly touted for for you know eight months in a row are all of a sudden getting shot. They're maybe going to see a little bit of dip um, in their draft selection. But I think this is people overthinking it over and over and over again. Fields is phenomenal, as Tony said, with blow to blow, blow four below uh, against Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's got it to me. It's just, I, I think when looking at quarterbacks, sometimes you can just tell how they play on a down to down basis. If they can handle themselves in any given situation, whether it's in the system off uh, script, I think he just does it all. I think it's an easy pick. All right. So we got fields. So we got fields and I'm okay. Cause it's not, Mac Jones. Yeah, I think that's what Niner fans are most. Um, that's happy literally about. what Lou and I will watch the draft together, and that's all I not actually care about is not Mac that's Jones. The, that's the tie to Kirk Cousins. That's yeah. what it is. Yep. And you know, you heard nothing of Mac Jones when they were at twelve. Yep. Now all of a sudden, Mac Jones is in picture. I don't think you so. didn't hear much of Mac Jones in the first round exactly. until some of these things started happening. So, Tony, I know you're looking at the clock, too, because I know you got another show tonight. Yeah. Quick plug for NB Niners. I hope you have yeah. fun at that. So we'll move through the 49ers really quick. And if you do have to dip on us, we totally oh, understand. I'm, I'm okay. good. All right. Now, there is a lot on the board right now at 43. You have Wyatt Davis, who could come in and probably take over at right guard. I don't think that's going to be the route that they go because they invested in Colton McKivitz. They have Brunskill now to come back in and focus on one position rather than center, right guard, right tackle, left tackle. So I think that's going to be an interesting battle between the two of them. Uh, you have Javante Williams, who I'm very high on, but I do not think they take a running back here. Kadarius Tony, a phenomenal slot guy, could offer something in My, return. This game. is this is your, you're the general manager, though. This is not. Yeah, yeah don't forget. This I, is what I you just, would want to do. There's and I'm not piggybacking off of your guys draft. But as I said, Asante Samuel, he's sitting right here. I don't know how Eric Stokes is ranked in front of him. Well, I do because he's faster, but and he's a little bit taller. I like Asante Samuel here. I think with the two guys that we have at corner right now, you have one ex-charger who played a phenomenal year last year, finally stayed healthy, knock on wood, um, brought back on a one-year deal. Mosley comes back on a two-year deal, which is a one-on-one on a team option. After that, who is it? Dante Johnson, um, Tim Harris, who never stepped on the field, former sixth-round pick. So you got to add a piece here. There's no doubt about it. So I'm going to take Asante Samuel at 43, cornerback uh, from Florida State. Again, bloodlines. Yep. You know, everyone says that's overrated. No, it's not. I don't think because these kids were taught from, you know, when they were little. So I'm going with Asante Samuel here at 43. That'd be my pick as well. And, Tony, I think the hope for them is that they can – groom him to play outside of the numbers, mm -hmm. right? Knowing that K1 only back on a one year, right? Exactly. But like K1 is to me the best slot corner in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the pick here is Asante Samuel Jr. and saying we are going to coach him up to make sure he is an outside the numbers corner uh, and we're not rolling on him coming in and starting slot for us day one. Mm -hmm. And if he beats out Verrett or if he beats again, out E-Man, he beats him out. Kwan Williams isn't healthy all the time. Nope, you're 100 right. This right. You guys will be very exactly. thin. You need you, need, you, you need have versatility strikes. inside and outside. Yep. So okay. that's why we did that. I have two trade offers. 
Uh, one from Chicago going down to 164. We get a 2022 fourth and 2022 fifth. This is moving the 102 pick. Yeah. And okay. then I have uh, us giving 102 and 180 to New England for 120 and a fourth next year. Up to you if you want to accept any of these trades, by the way. Um, there's a lot of people on the board left. Why isn't the scroll? I have to use this. Why isn't the scroll? To freeze. No, uh, roll up to go down. Oh, not to budge in or anything, but did you guys hear what Dave Gettleman? Someone posted a video of Gettleman's opinion on trading down. No, what is that? Talk you guys hear this? No. So he basically went on like a short tangent about how he's never traded down ever in his career as a general manager, and he said, "If anyone else wants to make a bad trade down, that's fine. I'm not going to get fleeced." So his whole thing is that he thinks anyone who trades down is like making a mistake or something. That's his excuse that he's like not going to get fleeced. <laughs> and it was just him kind of being like, I don't know. It was him asserting himself. Like he obviously knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was just like a classic Gettleman moment where you're like tons of people trade back and get resources and, you know, make great picks. Like, I don't know. It was just a really weird statement from mm. a veteran. From GM. A, from a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Veteran, veteran GM, of course. Leave it to Gettleman. <laughs> so are you, Tony, are we staying at one Oh two or did yeah, you I'm stay at one Oh two? Okay. Um, this mock draft tends to put this one individual a little bit higher than what he's originally ranked, but I want him, so I'm going to take him here. Um, it's going to be – real quick, who's on the board? You have uh, Paul Sanabedo, uh Tremble, the tight end from Notre Dame, uh, Chaz Surratt, running chase linebacker out of North Carolina. Uh, blah, 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 blah. All right, so I'm going to make my selection here at 102. I'm going to take Drew Dahlman, the center from Stanford. Okay. And the reason why I'm taking him, A, ties to the 49er organization, his father, best one of the best zone centers back then, Chris Dahlman, went to Stanford, drafted by the Niners, came in, balled out, I think, for like eight, nine years, and he had a neck issue. This kid went father's father's footsteps. Excellent. He, in my opinion, is the best zone blocking center in this draft. Now, here's a little tidbit about this guy. His coach at Stanford was the coach who, Coach Alex Mack at California. So this guy right off the bat is ahead of all the other centers in this draft because look at the way Alex Mack turned out as far as the IQ wise. Um, so we all know we brought Alex Mack in on a one or two year deal. I don't know what the final number was, but he's in and he'll play another year or two. But this is the perfect guy you want to sit on a bench. He can fill in. He could play guard even if he has to. Um but that's the guy you want to groom to take over for Alex Mack. And me, my personal opinion, it would be a, uh, a very smooth transition from Mack to Dalman. I, I love it. No, no debate in here. I don't care who's on the board. To me, this guy just screams mm -hmm. 49ers at a eventual position of need. I mean, let's call it what it is. Alex Mack is not a, a spring chicken either, no, right? No. So this is usually the time. Um, and I say that lightly because I'm still older than that gentleman. But that being said <laughs> is if injuries are going to come about, they're probably going to come about now. Um, so I love the pick. I'd make it all day long. All right. So we're at 117. So far, we took Fields, Sam, uh, Santi Samuel, and Drew Dahlman. Um, Right now, you're starting to go into the BPA now. Um, you have Mond, well, obviously not taking a quarterback. You have a tackle, Forsyth. He's a, he's a bigger tackle from Florida. You have Patrick Jones, an edge guy. Um, 
I would look at Patrick Jones here, even if it's a little bit above maybe where he's valued because how much longer are you guys going to keep D Ford? Exactly. Like edge is a need, right? I mean, Bosa coming off an ACL. Like I, I know we brought in Ibu Cam, right? But and and taking a flyer on Arden Key Jordan Willis. and Jordan mm-hmm. Willis, right? So I I just feel like if I can get some youth at the edge, it's probably something that I would consider at this stage in the draft. Let me ask you this. You want to take the shot with him? Or would you like to bring in somebody like uh, a She Smith from South Carolina? Ooh. God, I love sexy slot wide receivers. <laughs> I, I mean, really, really do. It was, so it was, if it was up to me, I actually think that is a, an area of need for you guys, a slot wide yes, receiver. Yep. And you did bring in Arden Key. Uh, I would lead more towards the wide receiver. You see, now this offseason, the Niners were very smart. They, they're going into the draft where you need a quarterback and you need maybe a corner. And after that, listen, it is what it is. We're taking the best player available. Um, could we go for uh, the defensive end out of Pittsburgh right now, Jones? Sure, we could. But guess what? I'm going to go with Shee Smith here. He offers you slot, and he offers you punt return. Okay. Yeah, okay. do it. Pull the trigger. So we're going Smith and – 155, we're up. I just got to get used to this mouse. I yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. It's all right. All right. Um, minute you have on the board. Someone that they were interested in, Jamar Jefferson, the running back from Oregon State. Um, I don't think they go running back here. Uh trying to see what was going on. Reason why I don't think they go running back either is just bringing in, re-signing Wilson. Still have Jamichael Hasty, especially Adam. brought in Wayne Gallman. Yeah. I just think we know Kyle loves his, his running backs, but that stable can only be so large. Um, let's see. Is there? I mean, we we got O line depth. Did you take Smith there, or did you take Patrick Jones? I took Smith. Okay. Let's see. Is there any edges floating around? Um, let's see. Not on the top. You have uh, Shaka Tony, who's a speed edge off the end. You have Golston. Um, I don't think we'll go that route now. Linebacker. Offense. Let's see. Oh. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I think this is a good thing if there's too many options sitting see, at 102. That, that's the thing. It's, or are we at 117? Or we're at 155. 155. Yeah. You have Banks from Notre Dame, but I don't think we need to add that piece right now. Um, I'm a big fan of Banks. Shakur Brown, a corner from Michigan State. If you said Shaka Tony's there, I'm not opposed to that, right? That's a high upside guy. Um Although he didn't stand out to me at the Senior Bowl, I, I think I labeled him as like non-existent in that game when watching. But I think potential youth—you're not asking a lot for him. Can you get coached up? Yeah, I'm actually—I just realized somebody was on the board. I'm going to double down a corner. We need him. I'm going to go with Benjamin St. Juice. Somebody they if, were, if if he's there, take him. I think Michael was in- shocked to see him there. What was it, in the sixth round, Michael, or something at that point? Oh no. 
Sorry, I was muted. All right. <laughs> no, no. Oh, bad guys. I didn't want to ruin that for you guys. Yeah, St. Just, uh, I've seen a lot as high as the third round. And what I keep seeing, he's a big physical corner. He was, I think, a one-year player at Minnesota, transferred from Michigan, you know, gets good recruits, puts out some good uh, cornerbacks on a yearly basis. Um, I liked him a lot. Good physical presence. Perfect. Is that the pick, Mr. Tony? Yes, sir. All right. So that puts us at what, 172? Yes. This is where the picks start flying. Yeah. I'm going to take a sl- another wide receiver who could offer. Ah, no, I'm not going to take him here. You still have Tony on the board, um, a speed guy. My concern with him, he's a little light. Um, you have trouble. You have trouble on the board again. A running back that I think could fit this system. Um, but again, they love their undrafted free agent guys, so. We're not going to. You know, they're bringing at least two into camp. One guy that's staring me in the face right now is Josh Palmer, wide receiver from Tennessee. Love him. He is like a physical dude. He can play inside, outside. Um, He catches with his hands. He create. He's not the fastest, but his route running skills gives him the availability to create separation. Um, Losing Kendrick Bourne, you're losing that bigger guy coming over the middle. Um, Juwan Jennings out all last year. With the torn hamstring, Jalen Hurd is the biggest question mark out of everybody besides D Ford. Um, So I think I'm going to go that route, add that piece to the wide receiver core because, listen, Debo gets banged up. Ayuk, I think, is not as bad as Debo as far as injuries. But behind them, you have nobody besides Muhammad Sanu. So I'm going to go with Palmer here. I love it. I like my – Tennessee Vol wide receivers. Um, we talked about him last show about how he coined uh, J.C. Horn as the number one trash talker in the SEC. So if that alone is a quality that I can judge on, I'm good <laughs> with this pick. Um, so what number does that put us at, Tony? Uh, 180. All right. So let's make these last three. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're going to – just because of time, yeah. Lou's going to probably just rattle off who he picked for the Giants and he did it without – consulting any of us so he gets a free pass this week well, I'm, I'm very stubborn i'm not i wasn't gonna listen to you guys anyway uh, this is very true i can attest that sitting here weekly with him i'm gonna take shaka tony here all right if he's still there i think now now is the time to pull guy. the trigger yeah i think we've all agreed throughout you know the three teams we covered so far at this point in the draft like upside 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 and usually that upside means do they have a different level of athletic ability compared to who else is riding on the board mm-hmm. The only thing I would look at, too, um, for 194 or 230 is some more depth on the O-line. I That's love at right now. dogs at, and, uh, on the O-line, guys that have had to fight throughout college, you know, to, to get their name recognized. Like, yeah, we all love our Orlando paces that go number one overall. But if you really look around the NFL, a lot of these offensive linemen are guys that have been selected later because they got, listen, it's the dirtiest position in the NFL. They got to fight and they have that mentality. They're my kind of guy. So who are you thinking? you thinking about anybody in particular? Without really seeing the board. Um, you're a fellow 49er fan. You can jump in here. So if I'm looking at this, you know, based on what I just said, um, I'm probably looking at tackles, right? Not necessarily guards. Then I'm probably looking at level of competition um, to me. And Michael, this might be your boy, but but Jackson out of Iowa, would you give a, a thumbs up at this point in the draft for him? 
this late for sure. He's got really good size. Um, he went vegan the last year, and I think that might have actually messed with him more so than he thought. Uh, he just wasn't as much of a bruiser as he as he used to be in 2019. Um, but I think he, he comes from a good pedigree. I, he's as as skilled in the fundamentals as as anybody. That Iowa Hawkeye program does a really good job with their offensive linemen. He's going to have a high floor. He could play inside too, right? I believe so. Um, he, he never played inside at all at Iowa, but just with his lack of athleticism, I, I think he can move inside pretty seamlessly. Because he got reps inside at the senior bowl, and he did actually pretty damn well with it. So I'm good he with He probably would find more success on the inside, if we're being honest, at the next level. Yeah. So this last pick for us at, at 230, um, again, splitting hairs. This is going to be always preference as to who the coach is like. Is there a scout in there pounding a table for somebody that he got to see their games? You know, one of the names on that list that jumps out to me is KJ Britt out of Auburn, you know, still floating around here um, a little bit. Um, the tight end from SMU, Granson, right? You know, we know how Kyle mm-hmm. kind of plugs and plays with these guys, whether it's Dwelly or Selick or whoever it might be in the past. I think Granson's a good guy. I think he's versatile. I think he's super athletic. I know he's a lot smaller than 6'1", but he moves very well for a guy at 240. He's got a lot of power behind his legs. I, I think he's a very versatile weapon if the right team lands him. But Tony, it's your pick, brother. So... Man, it's tough because there's three guys I like. One guy, I'm, I swear to God, I hope to God they draft him in real life, and that's Avery Williams. He's a three-year starter at Boise State. He is 100% special teams. He's a gunner. He's a returner, kick, punt. Three-year starter as a corner. He could offer some you know, depth. at. I think he even played nickel at Boise State. Don't hold me to it, though. Um, him, I like Gray from Duke, the tight end, and I do like Britt. So you make the pick. You do it. This is you. This I think Williams is a smart pick. Doesn't he have like five or six blocked kicks? Yep. I mean, he is a special teams game yep. changer. I like him a lot. Got to win in all three phases. That would be my pick. Okay. Let's make it. So I'm going to really quickly recap. And then I'll Sorry tell you if I took No, 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 no. This is probably me because I'm the one who started us off and I'm terribly long-winded. So I'm going to wrap this up. Number three, Justin Fields. Number 43, Asante Samuel Jr. 102, Drew Dahlman. 117, Shai Smith. Um, 155, Benjamin St. Juice, which I love at 155. 172, Josh Palmer. 180, Shaka Tony. 194, Alaric Jackson. And 230, Avery Williams. As a 49er fan, I'd be ecstatic walking away with that. I think we we improved. We added depth. And that's always the goal with the draft is to get cheaper and get better. And I'd say we checked all those boxes. So, Lou, I feel bad, no but worries, we no are worries. pressed against any, time here. So, uh, like everything in New York and New Jersey, it's, it's going to be a New York minute. It's going to be a New York minute. All right, guys. So, uh, preface this we have uh, the, the Giants only had six picks this year. So, these are the picks first round pick, Devontae Smith with 11th overall selection. Second round pick, number 42, Peyton Turner to, pro- to provide some edge help, uh, something they really don't have on the outside on that giant stout defensive front. Uh, the third round pick, 70, uh, 76 overall, Kendrick Green. He can provide you versatility when it comes to se- being a center, I think, or an internal uh, or a guard. So that's something they really need to beef up. They already got their, their, uh, their offensive tackles in uh, Thomas and Soldier, so why not beef up the middle of that offensive line? Uh, the next 116 was Chasserot, like you said before, the uh, Love the, that the, pick. the linebacker out of North Carolina. He's a he's a chase guy. Uh, next pick 196. They need to get another cornerback. They do have two good cornerbacks, Bradbury and uh, the uh, Dory Jackson on the on the boundary. So why not upgrade? Uh, provide some additional depth. 
Elijah Griffin out of USC. And last but not least, love Griffin. Uh, their last round pick, their last pick of 201. Barkley can't stay healthy. So I picked a, the best running back available, Larry Roundtree out of uh, Missouri. That's another great running back. <laughs> this is actually a lot of good late round running backs, but I think that's what the NFL is becoming outside of my Najee Harris pick, right, for the Dolphins. That's is, why you don't pick Najee is, Harris. Is, you know, it, everybody's by committee. You know, it's it's next man up, even if we're not talking about injury. So, in the hot hands. Yeah, in the hot hands. Especially with Kyle. Absolutely. So, well, guys, thank you so much for joining, you know, joining our show today. I thought it went real well. Uh, what we're going to do is we'll post later on Instagram and Twitter to see who had the best draft, see what the fans think, our thousands and thousands of fans. So we much appreciate yeah. this. <laughs> so, Michael, Tony, gentlemen, thank you so much. Love to do this again. I know this was a first foray in inviting guests on with us. Um, as always, we're the We're Talking Football podcast. Really appreciate everybody's time and look forward to chatting again soon.